Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. I'd like today to welcome my beloved sister, Kimberly Firewalker <laughs> Asset. Hello, love. Welcome. Hello. Hello. <laughs> So Kimberly uh, ha- has been invited by me today to be on the show to be really talking about some of the things that Kimberly and I have talked about in the past. Kimberly's one of those people that when I get to chat with her and talk with her about how she's seeing the world, how she's seeing her role within the world and our role as women within the world, that I've always come away inspired. And in particular, I've been inspired by um, this phrase that you've used, which is 5D CEO. And I'd love to get into talking a little bit about what that means to be a 5D CEO as opposed to a 3D CEO. But where I'd love to start our conversation today, darling, is to really be tuning in as a woman who's in leadership at this time, who's stepping into the world of influence, of teaching, of transformation, of offering spaces for others to come into their brilliance. I'd love to talk about this concept that you talk about a lot, which is sovereignty and sovereign power and what we really mean when we say that we are here to be sovereign beings and what it takes to actually walk that path. So wherever you want to begin in that, I think it would be brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, well, this is going to be a red conversation. (laughs) I love that already. So when I talk about being sovereign, I'm really sitting in the space of making the choice to first and foremost embody the highest version of yourself. So this looks and feels like, you know, I jokingly say, what does that look like in the wild, Kimberly? So in the wild, that looks like you are the kind of female leader who is moving through your moving through your body, moving through the world as the as a highest version of yourself. So that is um, understanding that at your core, your very core, you are absolutely a divine spirit having a human experience and you have made the deliberate decision that whatever whomever is not truly aligned with that is not in your field. 
And we're not taught that in school. At least I certainly wasn't taught that. I was taught um, either, you know, both unwittingly and then probably quite deliberately by the system of leadership that, you know, wasn't designed for women to be overly caretaking for others, to be overly responsible for others, to um, find ways to mitigate your anger, to find ways to suppress any rage that you're feeling because you suddenly wake up and realize this system isn't really designed for me. And how am I in it? And how do I get myself out of it? So when you are moving through the world as sovereign, you're making some choices, especially if you're in this space that you and I are in, Elaine, of being in, you know, spiritual leaders, sacred leadership, mission-driven leadership. You've got to make the kind of big girl choice, quite frankly, that I'm going to make, I'm going to create wealth for myself because you can't be sovereign right now in this current paradigm without being able to be financially free. So, and for a lot of spiritual leaders, that's a, that's a challenge because of the things that you've, you've been taught about what it means to have money. Um, and what you've been taught about how you have to earn money. So when we're sovereign and we're moving through the world as sovereign, we have released any notions that worthiness and financial sovereignty have any relationship with one another. They don't correspond. When you know that you are a divine, powerful co-creator, you, you already realize that there's no way you can charge what you're worth. You already know that money can't be earned. That's, you know, a rule. Vishen Lakiani, who owns Mind Valley, defines rules as bullshit rules. And I define rules as the bro rules. So those bro rules about how we're, how we're to lead and how we're to move through the world, all of those have to go. And you have to be willing to shatter them and look for where they're living in you and expunge them out of your system. And that's the work. Wow. That is such a powerful invitation, initiation, <laughs> jangling statement that you just made. I can just imagine everybody sitting receiving that. And what happens when we hear your words, Kimberly, and what happens in my own body is exactly all the naysaying, all of the parts of self that are indoctrinated, that have been swimming in the waters of patriarchy, of white supremacy, of this slave mentality that we've been indoctrinated with, no matter the color of our skin right no matter who we are we've all been subjected to these rules as you call them which i love right the bro rules and i'm really wondering about how you um yeah if you can just speak into some of that work that we have to do in order to even bring ourselves into this area of worth i think this is a huge conversation for us as women when we really start to talk about how we've outsourced our worth to others' opinions of us, to the idea that we have to, as you said, earn a living, that we have to deserve um, to become, you know, to become good enough to become wealthy or to get the things in life that we think we should have, all of those messagings. So I'm wondering in your work that you do with the people that you work with and within yourself, like what are some of the things that we have to really grapple with? 
Yeah. So the first thing that I always do with my clients is let's figure out, you know, where you really are. So assess your sitch. (laughs) Where are you sitting right now from the most radically honest? I'm willing to be truthful about how I'm showing up in the world. Um, what I'm believing, what I'm choosing to believe, what I was taught to believe, what work have I done so far to get myself extra, um, you know, um, extradited out of the system? Where is the system living in me? In the so first, let's assess it, right? So one of the things that I do is there is a literal assessment that I move my clients through so that we can look at the micro leaks where you are either consciously and often subconsciously giving your power away because there's some sort of martyrdom that lives in you or um, some sort of savior complex that lives in you. Ask me how I know, you know, like these are things that I've all, I've worked through on my, in my own path. Um, where's judgment living in you? What are you, where's unforgiveness living in you for other people? Because if you are not able to be forgiving of others, you, it means that you're not able to give it to yourself. Um, and then it's, there's this relationship between your willingness to do the healing work and that directly corresponds with your ascent and your receivership. And a lot of people don't really want to talk about how you have to be in the healing game in order to be in the receiving and the wealth embodiment game. But I believe in, you know, working with my clients for the last 18, 24 months, that something has dramatically shifted. It used to be that you could go out and create money and, you know, you could hustle and grind your way to get it. Um, I say grinding is only for the bedroom. So I don't know why you'd want to do that. that <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't recommend it. But <laughs> what, I, what I'm really finding is we've made a, a universal shift, a planetary shift, and mm-hmm. shift that's requiring us, the universe, the planet earth is calling for healing. And so that means as above, so below, as within, so without. So the leaders, these next level leaders who are really pioneering and who are at the tip of the spear, like you are, like I am, we've got to do the healing work because the, it's almost like the universe is saying, in order for you to really have everything that's in your spiritual escrow, you must come into wholeness. You must come into unity. You must come into Heros Gamos. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's, it's going to remain outside of you because Heros Gamos is your true nature. Divinity is your true nature. And if you're not willing to do the work to get to that state of true divinity, it just feels like it's not the universe isn't conspiring on your behalf. I believe it always is. It's just that there's, it feels like that's a threshold, an initiation that we all have to be willing to pass through. And so, one of the, the second thing after a session situation that I like to do with my clients is something that I call the cost benefit analysis, because the truth is we don't ever do anything unless there's a benefit to us. Even the things that we think, why would I ever do that? 
Why would I stay in that relationship? Or why would I, you know, allow myself to be triggered in this way? Or why would I, instead of sitting down as the creator CEO of my business or the 5B CEO of my business, um, why would I sit and watch Netflix? That doesn't benefit me. Well, somewhere inside of you, it does. And so in order to get to that 5D CEO level where you are consistently operating as the powerful co-creator of your business, where you are consistently in correspondence with all that you desire to experience as a leader, as a lover, as a, you know, pick a role, you must figure out where is the benefit to my current pattern of behavior. And then what is it costing me to continue this way? And be willing to do this with a lot of fierce grace and fierce compassion for yourself, but you've got to be willing to do it. Yeah. There's a lot that you've said, sweetheart, and I just want to stop and underscore some of it with you and and just get into um, a little bit more focus around it. This word receivership, it's been so interesting. I've been involved in so many conversations in the last little while here around this repatterning around our ability to be able to receive and what that really means. And you know that in the mystery school work that I work within, this is kind of the ring past night. It's where we begin all of our work, which is about our ability to be able to actually receive from the divine, receive the energy with connection, the knowing, all of that. I'd love you to unpack a little bit about this receivership that you're talking about and Help us understand what you're meaning about that and, and how we can begin to move toward that. I get that it's completely connected into our healing and transformational work with ourselves, but I'd love to just expand on that a little bit because I think this is a key part of what it means for us to be on the leading edge. It's to understand that there's some kind of rebalancing that has to happen and it has to start with each one of us individually. Yeah, so... When I am speaking of receivership, I am talking about your, your capacity to allow yourself to receive more of yourself. <laughs> so there is, of course, this receiving of the divine, but I'm really talking about how much of your true essence, how much of your own divine nature do you have space to become and then move through the world as such? So um, let me make that real. When I first left my corporate career and then moved into being an entrepreneur, there was so much residual corporate Kimberly still in my system, so much of the corporate plantation mentality still in my system that even though I had clients coming into my business, I didn't really have the space energetically, emotionally, spiritually to grow the business in the way that I thought the business should be growing. It was only when I realized, okay, what has to really happen is I've got to come up with a protocol or a system to kill my darlings. Like that old Kimberly was my darling. I loved her. 
We have been together for many, many years, but she had to go so that I could expand the container that is me that the divine wanted to pour into. So that's step one. Step two for me was then realizing that I had some dysfunction, even though I had done a ton of work already, some dysfunction in my relationship with the divine. There was still some mistrust there. So my capacity to receive more divinity, more of that kind of energy operating at that frequency consistently needed some attention. I just wrote a post on this yesterday about living in a culture where women are abused, have been abused. I said quite specifically, we live in a rape culture. And so if you are having, a, if you've hit a plateau in your business and you're struggling to receive more, it may be time to look at where that is energetically living in you. The fear of being penetrated by the divine. We hear that term a lot. Let the divine penetrate you. Well, if you have trauma around penetration, that's probably not the place for you to start, quite frankly. If you have an ancestral lineage of your body not being your own, that may not be, that may not be the place for you to start. So we have to look at receivership both on a spiritual level and on a, you know, kind of a more 3D level and then find where the concentric circle is and go in that, go in the middle mm -hmm. and figure out what's keeping you. <laughs> I'm sort of seeing it like as I'm drawing, you can't see me, but I see like a little vulva, quite frankly. <laughs> go there and let's figure out what's, because everything that you're wanting to create is coming and receive is coming from your sacral. That's, for, that's true for men and women. We have the same chakra system. Um, mm -hmm. And so receivership is about receiving more of yourself first and mm. foremost. Mm. You know, I, I just, I have to just jump in with you right here for a second. I just, I'm shaking from what you just said. It's so, so powerful. And I just want to repeat back what I heard you say for us all to just be with this. When you said we live in a rape culture and if we've hit a plateau where we're struggling to receive more, right? Where you're struggling to let more of life live through you, whatever that is, whether that's partnership with a beloved or it's wealth or it's beauty or it's just sustenance and nourishment and more of what you desire. When we've lived inside a rape culture, that is something that can be really scary, terrifying, activating, triggering for us to actually receive because we, we have been in a situation where we had been forced to, right, be out of our sovereignty, be out of control of our bodies, of our hearts, of our minds in a culture that has been abusive of the feminine for the last two to three thousand years. The ramifications of what you just spoke, Kimberly, are so huge collectively that, of course, it would be hard for us to surrender to receive when, you know, there's been so much violation in the field. 
How can we trust that if we surrender, that we will be safe enough to actually receive, that we will be okay, right? That we can put down the, let down all of the guards to actually receive the divine. It's a huge transformational journey. So I really want to honor that because I think, you know, there's a lot of words out there around, you know, how we can align our mission and our thoughts and our energy and, you know, manifestation happens in that way. And it does. But I think unless we address this, this root and sacral trauma that the feminine has experienced, we're not going to be able to step into the abundance and the wealth of who we are. Yeah, that's beautifully said. Um, Oof. Yeah, whoosh, right. That's yeah. I've been saying whoosh a lot. Whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> whoosh. Yeah, we need the energy to come on up from the root all the way up to the crown. But if it can't get past the root in the second chakra where it's clenched, we can't utilize that energy in a sovereign way. We don't have it available to us, is what you're saying. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And the the other side of that for powerful women is if you are not, if you don't feel safe showing up in your full power. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a huge one. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so this, you know, I don't want, I, I truly believe that this is, you know, I don't know how many years, Elaine, we've been doing this a long time, so how many years have we heard, this is a year of a woman, and I'm like, just stop it, it's not okay, that's enough. <laughs> so I'm not gonna dare say that. What I will say is, this is your year if you decide that it is your year. And it is maybe a deliberate decision. And that's why I continue to go back to the embodiment of your higher self as my model for how to do this well, how to do it safely, how to do it at a frequency and at a pace that your specific nervous system is designed to tolerate because your higher self knows the way because you've already created, you know, the divine blueprint. Now, what can happen for really powerful women is, you know, we show up here, we come in these, we come as our divine essence and then we show up in these physical bodies and you get all these messages that, try to delude you and make you think that it's not safe for you to be powerful. The message that I continue to get every time I check in on this is the greater risk to powerful women right now is to appear and to agree to be less than powerful than they really are. I'll say it again because it, it takes a moment because it took me a couple of tries with my divine team to really get it. It used to be, we used to believe that we were the most safe if we played small, if we hit ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that was true for a while, I suppose. Now things have shifted in such a dramatic way that the high, the greater risk to powerful women is to put, is to continue to be invisible. You are the most safe in timeline, when you are in your full throttle power, when you're radiating as bright and as powerful and as potently as you can possibly get. Woof. 
Okay, let's take that one in for a moment. Ah, I really want you to hear this from Kimberly, that you're safest in your being when you are the most powerful, when you are running the most energy that you have the capacity to run in your vessel, when you are plugged in, turned on, alive and embodied as the unique being that you are. You know, and I think, Kimberly, that this is the piece that I think we're grappling with. I think the wound that we have around invisibility, around being literally stifled and silenced, the legacy of the, of the, oh my goodness, of what has happened to the feminine in the last two and a half thousand years, when you really grapple with that, when you really realize that women were removed from positions of spiritual authority, from positions of public authority, from having any public office, from being allowed to be educated, from being allowed to be priestesses, from being allowed to be doctors or scientists or thinkers or any of that, right? We're not allowed to write, not allowed to learn how to read. Right. Yeah. And we think about that and we think about what we're reclaiming. And I always look at it from that bigger picture overview, Kimberly, because what you're really speaking about is, yes, individual healing, but we're talking about systemic healing. We're talking about big picture. That's what we're being called to lead the edge of, right, is through who, what we're doing individually, understanding that that affects and is that we are intrinsically the whole, that we're fractals of that wholeness. And when we change, and when we model that change, and we show that change, then others get to enter through that portal, which is what you do so beautifully in the words that you speak. Every time you speak, I'm aware of you opening a portal that is daring us as the fire walker, the edge walker that you are, there's a daring that you have in your capacity, in your full embodiment that says, I dare you to walk through this portal with me. How about this one? And then what about this one? So I just want to honor that in you. <laughs> anyway, anyway, just get out of there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, it is. I love that you said that, the word systemic. So let's blend these two ideas together. So what we're really talking about is creating a model for systemic sovereignty so oh woo. yeah let's call that in let's just amplify that out yeah because that's what has to happen you know i have a very specific mission at wildfire our our mission is to co-create one million sovereign souls that's my mission before i leave this planet that's what i agreed to do and you know come hook or crook i'm going to get that done and so what does that look like for other powerful women? First, I would say, let's, let's figure out what your mission is. We all have one. If you're here in this timeline, in this lifetime, if you agreed to come here for these shenanigans, you have a mission. Let's figure it out. And then this idea of systemic sovereignty, which I really love. Um, why is that important? It's important because you being in your full power. I'm mean, let me go back to that for a second. Being in your full power. Why is that the safest bet right now? It's the safest bet right now because the system itself and the beings and entities that are cooperating with that system, who are continuing to nurture that system, who don't want to see that system dismantled are literally energized by your fear. 
They're energized by your disempowerment. They're energized by your helplessness. They're energized by your over caretaking of others. They're energized by your martyrdom. So when you agree to no longer play that game, you are literally um, unplugging them from a power source. When you're in your full power, when you are in your full divine nature, they can't access that. They can't access you. I know it feels counterintuitive, but when you're operating at that frequency, they can't get to you. So that is the, the why of um, why it's so important for us as powerful women to align with, I'm going to be my most powerful self. So if you're feeling fearful about, you know, how am I going to take care of my family? If your survival instincts have kicked in or how am I going to handle my responsibilities or how am I going to create wealth? Because the system, you feel like you still need to be plugged into the system. It's, it's actually the opposite. And I know it sounds like a paradox that is going to make your, your, your brain turn inside out. Um, but they can't get to you, whoever they are, when you are your most powerful. You're your most vulnerable to that system and to the energies and to the energy vampires, however you want to think about that, when you're in that space. So doing whatever it takes to become the most powerful version of yourself is your ticket out of there. Wow. That's such a beautiful articulation of... The, it really on a very visceral level how the energy circuits are wired, right? And how we leak our energy through the fear body, through all the things that we're told, right? Through all the systems of oppression and control that we know exist, but on a very primal level in our limbic system, when we get activated, we start to leak our energy. We start to lose our power in that way. And what you're really saying is that, that then the healing work I, from that perspective has to be for us to understand where we're operating in those patterns and to begin to remove ourselves to begin to plug up to secure to make ourselves whole again where we have been outside of our wholeness that's really what i hear you speaking that's right and that takes us back to this cost benefit analysis that i talked about so you right. want to look at where you're benefiting from the system because we all are right i was in corporate america for a very long time and there were some amazing benefits for me when i was in that system but then I got the opportunity to analyze and weigh the cost of continuing to operate and lead that way against the benefit. And eventually the scales tipped and I knew it was no longer a right and good fit for me if I was in agreement to be my highest self and to be in my full power. So looking, looking for the places, you have to do a little, you know, skullduggery, skunk works on yourself to figure out where, where is this, where is this system living in me and how can I support myself now to get it out of my energy body, my physical body? Because it's also in your physical body. Um, and then what do I want to do about it? What do I really want to do about it? Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So I'm going to ask you, Kimberly, as we're, we've been chatting for quite a while and I could, frankly, I could chat to you all day about this stuff because um, there is a, a piece here around 
The epidemic of lack of self-worth, of this worthlessness, and I want to come back to this piece, because when we talk about worth, who decides what you're worth? Who does? Who does? <laughs> I mean, that's a perfect right? question. Who gets, to, who gets to evaluate you? Who gets to, you know, like... I, it reminds me of like when I buy jewelry and I take it to to my insurance person and I say, "What's this worth?" And he says, "Oh, here's the value of it." Who who gets to decide what you, as the most precious diamond in God's crown, are worth? You get to decide that. You get to decide that. And I'll, I'll keep coming back to this concept because I believe in it with all of my heart. When you ask your higher self these questions, you get an answer that will probably make you cry and blow your mind for a minute. And then you'll straighten your crown and you'll move on. (laughs) No one gets to decide that for you. Yeah. Yeah. To me, when I, when I witness you or other women on the path of reclaiming our power, right. Of really, of re re reaffirming that of coming back to our sovereign thrones. This is the place that I really feel we have to begin is with that recognition of where we are. Keep looking outside of self for someone else to tell us what we're worth. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's such it's such a intrinsic part of how we're wired, how we're how we're put together culturally, right? As women, to look outside, am I pretty enough? Am I? What am I worth? What am I? What, what's my value? My value comes from how loving, caring, how sexy, how beautiful I can be, right? right. All of those. Um, currencies that we work in and this journey to become sovereign is one that I think for me comes down to that Kimberly and and, and I think that this is where the hard edge comes in of really where we're pushing into those edges that are uncomfortable oftentimes for us which is am I willing to sit on my own sovereign throne am I willing to no longer seek the validation from externally from external sources in order to know my value and my worth. Yeah, that's it right there. Am I willing? Right. Because what happens when you make that choice is choices that you made that came from a place other than that are up for reconsideration. <laughs> exactly. And can be really uncomfortable to really see how you're, to use your cost-benefit analysis idea of where you're gaining in some weird way, right, from remaining powerless. Oh, yes. Wow. That's a whole separate red red table conversation. Where am I benefiting from my learned helplessness? Yeah, we'll have that one. We'll put that one on the books because that's really confronting really confronting. I, I, I know that that one's going to ruffle some feathers and I know you like to do that. So, <laughs> so we'll save that one for another day. But I have some red questions for you, Kimberly, just as we come into closure of this amazing conversation that I'm asking everyone who comes into the red podcast. And so I'd love to ask you these questions. Yeah. Kimberly, and these can just be coming from your instinct, from your gut, from your heart, wherever they want to come from. 
Kimberly, what do you avoid but secretly yearn to express? Ooh, yeah, um, extreme pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Can we all get behind that? Extreme pleasure, whatever that means to you. <laughs> okay, my next question, what are you devoted to? Yeah, so I have consecrated my life to co-creating one million sovereign souls, whatever it takes. Woohoo! Let's get behind that with all of our power. See it as done. We can get behind each other's missions in this way. That's what it means to stand as red women who are leading from the edge. I love it. Okay, two more questions. What fire did you come here to burn? This is a great question oh, for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I came to scorch the earth of the patriarchal leadership model. Woo! Again, more power to that vision. Scorch the earth, I love it. And the final red question that she wants to know from us is what is the most revealing thing about you that you hide? Ooh, gosh. The most revealing thing about... Uh, well, I, I would say it's probably that I am a tantrika. Yes, I witness you. <laughs> I witness you. You just you just put it out there, love. It's done. <laughs> That's one of the functions of red. She pushes us to our edge of discomfort, but also the growth edge, the evolutionary pace where we're all being pushed to go in service to embodying more of who we are as divine humans. So I want to thank you, Kimberly, for being a woman leading from the edge, birthing a new world through your body, your heart, your mind. And for all of you who've been here listening today, you can find out more about Kimberly's work on the podcast page. There's a link to her website there and to find out what she's up to in the world around this sovereign conversation amongst many others. I'm here in service to our awakening of the red thread that has joined us all throughout all time that is the power source of the divine feminine re-embodied. Blessings to all of you. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Red Podcast. It's been an honor to have you here with us. As Red Women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings. Mm -hmm.